from the West Coast to the coast of Detroit Lake. I'm Chalanga. And I'm Dylan. This is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. I had to say it nice, loud, and long, Chalanga. This could be one of the last times that we say from the West Coast. Uh, are you moving, Dylan? What the hell? Well, we have some we have some big things that could be happening to this podcast. Big and great things. I promise. Stay, stay tuned, everyone. Stay tuned. Stay tuned for some big news coming up in the next couple of weeks. Chalanga, let's get moving toward the the main reason why we have everybody on, and mm-hmm. that is that you created a big board. Yeah, this is my first time ever doing a big board. It was super fun. I love it. I love it. I'm is do this every the year. Greatest big board that no one has ever seen and will ever see. Yeah, it it looks really great. Unfortunately, it's not available to see anywhere except Coast to Coast's Google Drive. So, <laughs> so uh, unfortunately for any listeners, uh, that is not public. But if you join our Patreon, we will share that with you. And oh. by our Patreon, I mean you can Venmo me five dollars, and I will share it with you. Venmo Chalanga five dollars <laughs> for his big board. Okay. <laughs> So Chalanga, how should, how do you want to do this? Do you want to just go through and then uh, and then I will respond to you? Because here's the reality. I don't know much at all about college basketball, and I have watched highlight reels of maybe half of these guys and know almost nothing about the rest of them. So uh, do you want to just start with number one then? Um, yeah, I think so. I'm going to break it up into sort of pieces uh, because I, I, th- I really think that tiering players is the way to go. Um, and and the number one player in my mind is LaMelo Ball. And he kind of lives in a tier by himself uh, because he, yeah, I I like him. I, I, I've changed my tune. I, I didn't used to like LaMelo Ball very much. And I don't like LaMelo Ball for the Timberwolves. Um, but his passing vision and the things that he can do with the ball and, and the way that he really thinks and sees the game, it's pretty special. Um, and... You know, I, I when I when I look at prospects, I try to really look at s- skills that will transfer, like skills that I know that he could do in the NBA, and he can make those passes, run the break, you know, run a competent NBA offense. Uh, unfortunately, he <laughs> he can't really shoot. Um, yeah, he has the, all the instincts are there. I think that, as you said, he's got an incredible layup package. Um, as you, or as you wrote down on our big board, uh, so he can get to the rim and he can, he knows how to play like in terms of, uh, he knows what shots he should be making it at the right times. But at the same time, he'll take threes way deep early in the shot clock. And it's like, what are you doing? So he was kind of given the keys to the kingdom of an Australian team that was garbage in a league that was garbage. And it's. It's kind of like it reminds me a little bit of would it be Markel Fultz because they didn't have that much uh that much competition. So like what really is he? Uh I don't I don't know if that's it because I mean he was playing against grown men and granted the NBL isn't isn't that great. Yeah, um, they're probably not a D1 NCAA athleticism levels. Yeah, he he looked really good though. Like he looked <laughs> really really good um or at least like he could be really really good 
Um, yeah, he shot twenty five percent from three. So, <laughs> yeah, we just ignore that. We we ignore that. Uh, look, my thing with Lamelo Ball is that he's six seven with a seven three wingspan, and he's got IQ and like transcendent vision. So if he can take some coaching and and work on a shot, I mean Lonzo is working on a shot and he's getting better. Then he's like, I can't fail. So like, I I did some comps and and the best case worst case. Um, I've compared him to a Jason Kidd Curry, uh, which is sort of a combination between Jason Kidd and Steph Curry. No, <laughs> that's like that's like that's like what his game is like. I'm not saying he's as good as either of those players, but but does he does he have the off ball abilities that Curry does? He has. I I haven't seen that at least personally. Right. Well, that's where the that's where the Jason Kidd piece comes in. You know, (laughs) it's a combination. He's like short and weak Ben Simmons, uh, or he could end up a lot like Michael Carter Williams. So, because I so personally, I feel like Curry's Curry's greatest strength isn't even his on ball shooting, his dribble shooting. Like I I like that about him, but I think Curry the thing that makes Curry so special is that is how he plays off ball. Okay, so um, I'll forget about the Curry piece then. It's Jason Kidd, Trey Young then. Okay, no, that's what I was actually gonna say. Uh-huh. I was like, this is why I don't see him as a Steph Curry. I see him more like the Trey Young. Um, Trey Young was given the keys to the kingdom in Atlanta and just would shoot any three he wanted, especially at the beginning of his rookie year. He looked bad. That is the Lamelo <laughs> that I see coming into the NBA right away. Um, yeah, I just, think his I think his rookie year is gonna be rough. Yeah, um, and and he's probably not going to get the keys to the kingdom. You look at the top, what all of the teams that are playing at the top, and they all have, they all have guards that are going to play over him. Like whether it's Devonte Graham, whether it's D'Angelo Russell, whether it's Steph Curry, all these guys are going to play above him. So he's not really going to get that same type of run that Trey Young did, unfortunately, because I think that might be what he needs. He's kind of like a stretched out Trey Young, in my opinion. Definitely. Um, also, so like, also a lot like his brother. Yeah, to be he honest. Is, yeah, he he plays like his brother, but I think that he's got more shooting potential than Lonzo does. Um, and he he's gonna be he's not gonna be the defender that Lonzo is because Lonzo came in as a really good defender. Um, it's interesting that you say that he's going. He has more shooting potential, considering the fact that I think Lonzo was like forty percent from college three uh, his year at UCLA. Yeah, but his uh, Lamelo's shot form is less fucked up than Lonzo's is <laughs> and so like okay. I, I I could just I, I think that he if once he takes smarter shots works on his form a little bit um yeah I don't know I see him like best case he could be an all-nba player I think his worst case is that he's a pretty average starter or you know maybe sixth or seventh man um but okay. he's not gonna be a bust do you have do you have anything else to say on Lamella ball I have one no, last thing I don't I want to do a little segment I call what gets me tickled. What tickles my fancy? And this is the this is the one thing about LaMelo Ball that really tickles my fancy. His wingspan is 73. I know, and he just turned 19. <laughs> He's not done growing. <laughs> 7 foot 3. I love that. You know me and my wingspans and my verticals and my athleticism stats that I just love looking at. And seven foot three is incredible. Anyway, yeah, that I'm, that's the tools of like a Shea Gilgis Alexander. 
Uh, he's but he's even taller and even I know. longer. He's crazy. It's, it's cool. I'm I'm excited to watch Lamelo play. I'm I'm excited to watch him grow. God, he um, should be good at defense. He's gonna be good at defense. I'm you 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 heard it here first. I think Lamelo's gonna be a good NBA defender. I believe it in. Um, okay. Um, the next I'm gonna take my my next four. I kind of think uh, my next three are kind of the next tier of player. Um, so at number two, I have Isaac Okoro. At number three, I have Devin Vassell. And at number four, I have James Weissman. <laughs> All right. Um, like, what do you think of Isaac Okoro? I love him. Uh, he He's the best perimeter defender in the class. He is 6'6", 225 pounds. His wingspan's not great. It's 6'8 and a half. Um, yeah. It's not great, but he he is really smart he thinks the game really well Isaac Okoro has already shown the ability to to pass um to facilitate uh and he's he's 19 he's young I I and I think he's only going to get better the one thing that is is tough for him is again his shot from three he shot in the uh, I think it was 29 percent from three this season which isn't great but the thing about him is that his step back three is way better than his catch and shoot three and it is actually he has a completely different form when he does a step back three so Mm -hmm. when he's stepping back he sort of settles into himself and and it's smooth when he catch and shoots he's got a little bit of a hitch to me it seems like something that can really be ironed out um so uh, you know I, i i really like him he's he's my favorite wing prospect on the board i don't love your comparisons to jimmy Butler, I don't think he's got the I don't first of all, I don't think he's got the playmaking ability of Justice Winslow quite. But I I see where you see the ability somewhere in there to operate uh with the ball in his hands and to get and to be a playmaker to some extent. But uh also with Jimmy Butler, I feel like he's smaller. He plays a little bit smaller than Jimmy Butler. I know that you have him listed here at six six, but to me, he looked a little bit more like six five in shoes, like maybe six five and a half in shoes. Yeah, and so what he what he's better than Jimmy Butler at actually is guarding uh, guards. So I mean, at Auburn, he was guarding the best guards. He was guarding the best bigs. He really was defending every position, and he was doing it incredibly competently. So I actually had him as like a Victor Oladipo that. Uh, like a little bit more Victor Oladipo on offense, at least. Um, I don't know uh, as much about his defense because I've only seen his highlight reels and that's pretty much all offense, uh, except for like some steals and transition and stuff. But uh, but I liked him. He was fine. Uh, I don't have any any issue with him. I think the the thing that tickles me the most is his ability to get to the rim. And that's yeah. kind of why I that's kind of why I have uh, Victor Oladipo here. I know you're gonna have a, probably a better comp for uh, that where you say it's Victor Oladipo uh-huh. coming up in a little bit. The other wing prospect that I really like is Devin Vassell, who's at number three. He's uh, 20. He's a little older. He was a sophomore this year. He's six seven with a six ten wingspan, 194 pounds. Pound, so he's thinner, um, but longer. He's got really good positional vers- versatility. I think he can probably play one through or two through four, excuse me, in the NBA, depending on, you know, what is around him. He's got a great motor. He's just a, a hustler. Um, he gets a lot of his length, lets him be an incredible off-ball defender. Um, you know, Robert Covington-esque, the way he can pick passes and and get going in the on the fast break. And he shot above 40% from three 
this year. Um, yeah, he's a lot more athletic than Robert Covington for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I and I just am using that to compare the the off ball defense. You know, the things that I I don't like about him is that he right now he's pretty thin. I think he can put on some weight, and I I think he's a little bit limited offensively. I'm not sure that he can dribble. Um, I haven't really seen him get his teammates involved as far as you know passing and dishing out the ball. Um, He's not like a, a a lockdown defender guy, you know. He's he's a better off ball defender than he is on ball defender, just because his, his foot speed isn't uh, as elite as Isaac Okoro's is. Um, and the part that is really concerning to me is recently there was a video of him working out where he changed his his jump shot looked completely different, and he was like putting the ball behind his head and like catapulting it. He was doing like a Gorgie Jang jump shot, which is scary to me. <laughs> oh no. I know. Oh no. Gee. Okay. I actually think that he sees the floor pretty well, even when he's running with the ball in his hands. I mean, he can, he can run down the court with the ball in his hands and then he finds the alley-oop. Right. And that's not something that like anybody can do. Yeah. Um. So I, 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 I'm sure that he probably wasn't that big of a passer in college, but in, mm-hmm. in terms of the highlight reel, he's making the passes that he's making like really quality reads in terms of NBA passes where uh, like there were some pretty spectacular reads for alley-oops at least. And so that bodes well in terms of if he could be maybe a secondary ball handler in the NBA. Yeah, you know, Maybe. Paul George, who I compare him to, also was not making those passes uh, in college. And he w- really wasn't like the on-ball creator that he is now in college. He really added that to his game after college, which is why he fell so low. Right. Um, and Vassell just reminds me, like his game reminds me a lot of what Paul George looked like in college. I'm not saying that he will be Paul George, but they've got similar strengths. And in terms of his like handle, he's so wiry. I'm surprised that you have his wingspan here only at six foot 10. Cause he looks like he's got a seven foot wingspan at least. Yeah. It looks uh, huge. <laughs> he, he looks like a French fry and he is, I mean, he's just so tiny and so long and he looks bigger than six, seven. Honestly, he looks way bigger. I feel like he has a little bit more of a handle than cause he does operate with the ball or he did in college a lot, probably more than Paul George did. And, and I feel like, you know, you look at the way that Kevin Durant dribbles and especially when he was younger, he dribbled awkward, you know, like that's mm-hmm. something that you can improve as someone who's like overly tall and it's always going to look somewhat awkward at least. But he did he did know how to change direction and cut um, with the ball in his hands and in transition and all this stuff. There were some Euro step finishes that look really nice. He He has a lot of really good like professional moves in his arsenal. So like it's not just that he has this athleticism. And that his body looks good and and that he has this motor, but he has a lot of good NBA skills that uh, that kind of make him pretty high floor, if you ask me. Yeah, I think his floor is higher than Isaac Okoro's uh, for sure. Like, I, I think that at worst, he's like an average starter because he has shown the ability to shoot. But I, I think that Okoro has shown more of that high level ability that makes his ceiling a little higher. Like if Devin, if Devin Vassell has a leap like Paul George did, then that's different, but it's hard to bet on a leap like that, you know? Right. Yeah, no, it really is. And I do have to say last thing on Devin Vassell, I have my own comp for him. 
Ooh. And my comp for him is what we wanted Jarrett Culver to be. Hey, what Jarrett Culver still might be. <laughs> Yeet. <laughs> All right, at number four, and and he's kind of this is the, he was hard for me to rate, um, and that's James Wiseman, center out of Memphis. I think that he has the ability to be an All NBA center, like truly. I think that defensively he could be elite. He can be an elite rim runner, and he'll be. I mean, he'll walk into the NBA and be a walking double double. The real question for him is his engagement and awareness on the court. I mean, he's seven one with a seven six wingspan, two hundred forty pounds, Oof. and he can he can move his feet. You watch him play defense on the perimeter, and he can contain guards. You know, he's not guarding point guards, but he can contain guards at an elite level. Um, but you also watch some of his tape, and granted, some of this is from high school and like his first three games in college. Uh, but sometimes he just sort of falls asleep or lacks like the awareness to be in the right position. And that's going to be really important for him because I don't know if he's going to be able to shoot the three. <laughs> um, he, he's shown that he can kind of space it out to like 15, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be able to shoot uh, a three point shot. Um, so his, his defense is going to be really important if he can't space. Um, yeah. I was so we'll see. I was impressed with his versatility around the rim and like even a little bit farther out, like and how well he moved with his body, even on offense and defense. Mm -hmm. Um, you have here as his, Oh PS. I want to just say Devin Vassell, my, what tickles my fancy about him. He's 41% oh, yeah. from deep and he yeah. made 1.5 a game. Oh my God. That is great. I want bad Vassell for these Timberwolves. Do you think we could pick him up at 17 or do we have to move up from there? Oh no, he's not going to be at 17. No way. Where where is he going in like the normal? Because you have him way higher than most people. But. I think if I think if we want Devin Vassell comfortably, we'd need to get to seven or eight. Really? Okay. So yeah. well, maybe we can trade down to ten or something. I don't know. Uh, our favorite draft pick, number ten, uh, <laughs> with James Wiseman. Here's what you have uh, as his comp, Hakeem. You wrote Hakeem Olajuwon down Dylan, as a comp. What you need to understand is these comps aren't like, I'm saying that he's going to be as good as this player. I'm saying that the way they play is comparable. He's a he's a massive body who can space to 15 and defend the rim at an elite level. Who does that sound like? DeAndre Ayton. <laughs> uh, uh, good luck to, with your de defense if DeAndre Ayton is your starting center. I'm not saying, I, no, I'm not saying DeAndre Ayton is a pretty good defender. Like this last year, he was actually pretty good on defense. Uh, and especially in the bubble, he was amazing on defense. So I'm I I saw a lot of that. His body looked a lot like to me, DeAndre Ayton. Um, I know that DeAndre Ayton is more of an offensive player and, and James Wiseman is more of a defensive player. But if you look at the way that Ayton played this last year, it it is a little bit more comparable to James Wiseman, I would say. Uh, sure. Let's sub out. <laughs> That's fine. I also have JaVale McGee and John Henson. So I acknowledge <laughs> that there's a chance that he won't be that good. <laughs> yeah. There's but a... he does have a, he, I mean, he could be an all NBA center. I, I, I don't think oh, yeah. that it's, that's asking that much, you know, I mean, if Andre Rudy Drummond Gobert wouldn't... can be, yeah, yeah. Andre Drummond. Yeah. Of course he can be an all NBA center. <laughs> Uh, probably not with, with Towns, uh, being healthy the rest of his career, but 
What tickles your fancy about James? Oh, I mean, this seven six wingspan pretty much tickles my fancy. Um, but his is probably most mostly his ability to uh, block at 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 the rim. Yeah, um, and the way that the way that he was able to close out at the rim, smaller players, uh, it just it looked like Rudy Gobert. It really did. Yeah, he looks uh, he looks awesome. If if the Wolves didn't have a center, I would be all about drafting James Wiseman. You want to know what? Chalinga, good. I think that we should just take the best player. And James Wiseman, to me, has the best chance of not being a bad player out of all of the guys who are going top three. Yeah, and and I acknowledge that. I think that he is like going to be a starter at least. But I think that centers just have less value than wings and guards especially you know at at that top level of contention and so you know i I don't want to say you shouldn't draft uh james weissman top three because the the talent is there but as far as prospects i think wings and guards are a little bit more enticing my biggest worry is that this is the worst draft for the timberwolves to be picking number one there there's nobody yeah the james weissman i think is probably to me the clearest number one player like at like in terms of what i would want if i were an nba team that's 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 starting with somebody and that is the foundational player i would want i mean lamella ball could be super special but he is such a question mark so to me james wiseman has to be considered i know that he can't really play with carl but it's just it's tough to to give up that kind of he's just got such a great body yeah and we can we can talk about that like timberwolves draft on another pod absolutely Let's keep moving on who do you board. have yeah who do you have at number five all right number five and six go together it's high floor guard versus high ceiling guard um the high floor guard being tyrese halliburton out of iowa state he's 20 years old six five six seven and a half wingspan thin at 175 pounds um he's got a really high basketball iq he sees the floor really well. He can make incredible passes. He is so much fun on the fast break. Um, there's this play that I just like love to watch where he's he's going, 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 going. And a defender <laughs> is 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 it's like a one-on-two, and he jumps up like he's gonna do a floater and then zips the pass over to his guy cutting to the back. It's it's really beautiful. He shot like 42% from three this year and 40% his freshman year. Um, his shot form is funky, but he's shown over two seasons that he can shoot, um, at a pretty elite level. So for me, he's going to walk in to the NBA and be ready to play. Um, and I, I can't really imagine him being worse than like, a you know, a sixth or seventh man, just because he, he gets the game, he's got a good shot and he can, uh, help facilitate an offense, um, versus the high ceiling guard in Anthony Edwards. Now, most people don't have Anthony Edwards outside of the top three, but I am not a believer. He's 6'5 with a 6'10 wingspan, 225 pounds, so his measurables are Oh, great. I was going to talk about Tyrese a little bit. Well, we'll talk about we'll talk about them both. Oh, cuz you wanted to compare those two together. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Anthony Edwards can create off the dribble, he can get his own shot. He's an incredible athlete and he can attack the rim at a, uh, at an elite level. He's very Victor Oladipo-esque in that way. Um, but the the part that concerns me is he he's had a really poor shot selection. Um, he he didn't seem to have that like basketball IQ to like help get his teammates involved, make the right play all the time. 
Um, and he was a pretty poor three-point shooter. He shot in like 28% from three. Um, and granted, he there were a lot of hard shots, a lot of off the dribble, contested threes and whatnot. But I, I just don't trust him. I think he is more Andrew Wiggins than he is Victor Oladipo. I completely disagree. I don't think he's like Andrew Wiggins at all. Like in terms of, in terms of the way that he emotes during the game, like he is emotive. He really cares. And when he dunks on people, like he will give you the stink eye. Andrew yeah. Wiggins was never, ever, ever like that. And Andrew that's Wiggins true. never cut to the basket without the ball. And I feel like at least in, in the highlights, and that's kind of why you're buying on Anthony Edwards, right? So this is probably why uh, I'm so high on him because I'm not watching him game to game, right? But he has that dog in him that Andrew Wiggins never had. And even when he's on defense, like the way that he is so aggressive, I mm-hmm. think is completely different than Andrew Wiggins. Um, so I have him more on the Oladipo side, but I don't know if he's going to be great. Like that doesn't make that just because he wants it more doesn't make him great, but that, mm-hmm. but it looks like he does want it more, at least in terms of he <laughs> he's flexing after every huge play he makes. So, right. Uh, I, for, oh, so here's, here's what tickles my fancy. His worst case scenario is that he's going to have a great highlight reel at the end of his career. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, so uh, back to Tyrese Halliburton. Um, I to- I 100% understand why you like him more. I did not see one highlight of him on defense. I will say that. Uh, but here's my here's here's what tickles my fancy about Tyrese Halliburton. He looks like a 1980s NBA point guard. He is so suave. He's kind of slow, but like it's because of how smooth he plays. Mm-hmm. And like you were talking about where he was going up for the floater, but then last minute uh, has a fancy pass to someone who was cutting to the basket. Uh, that's such like a 1980s pass type of move, you know, like Larry mm-hmm. Bird did that a lot. But uh, my comp for him is Fat Lever of the Denver Nuggets, mostly. I have never seen <laughs> one Fat Lever uh, possession. So that's like awesome of you that you've watched some Fat Lever film. Uh, <laughs> but well, that I might just, be lost on pretty much everybody. I, I had to look back at 1980s point guards, and I was looking through a couple people Ray Williams, Gus Williams, like these are the types of guys he looked like, but he's a little bit bigger, which is why I ended up going with Fat Lever. Yeah. Um, but those guys, those types of guys that are just they he he'll know how to run an offense and he knows how to get to the basket. His shot looks so messed up, but he does it anyway. Um yeah. And and it didn't look consistent, his shot. Like sometimes it looked good, but sometimes like there was one where he was just shooting it straight from his chest and not jumping. And I was like, what are you doing? Um, but it went in and it was so awkward, but like, uh, yeah, it just looks, it looks very old school to me. So I feel like that might be one of your attractions to him. Yeah, I definitely do like that. I like watching him play. Um, (laughs) and I don't like watching Anthony Edwards play. I know. Uh, (laughs) so at number seven, I have have... Onyeka Okongwu center out of USC. (laughs) He Uh, is. Oh, go ahead. I know 100% why you like Onyeka Okongwu, but keep going and i don't even like there are people a lot of people have him higher there's like a lot of people that say that are saying he's the best center in the draft which i disagree with um he is 6'9 with a 7'1 wingspan 245 pounds so he's got a really great frame 
he's got a lot of defensive versatility. He can he's a very switchable big. He protects the rim at what looks like an elite level. Um, he's got a lot of bounce and throws the ball down with force. So he should be a really good rim runner. He's got great hands. He, I, I, you know, you, you can watch a lot of film of him catching difficult passes, holding onto them and converting the play. Um, the piece about him is, is that I think he's going to be very offensively limited. He hasn't really shown he's, you can find a few shots of his from three, but he, he shoots a pretty low percentage from the free throw line. Um, and he did not take very many threes or even mid range shots this year. So there's no real evidence of that. Um, he will not be handling the ball. Um, a lot of people compare him to Bam at a bio, but he does not have like the ball handling and passing ability that Bam at a bio has. Um, and like, he can't get his teammates involved, right? He's, He's going to catch it. He might make one dump off pass, but he's not going to do anything that's going to wow you um, as far as passing the ball. So his whole thing is all defense, which is great. But like a defensive center is a pretty uh, it's a limited role, right? Yeah. I mean, I I have him as this year's Brandon Clark kind of because he's uh that versatile guy that you might might want him as your big, but he's a little bit smaller um, in terms of in terms of uh, at least height, uh, but he also has a lot more weight than Brandon Clark, so maybe not quite like that. Yeah, and uh, he's the, he doesn't have the offensive like Brandon Clark can take it off the dribble. He can pass the ball. I mean, he's got like, and right. Okongu just doesn't have that. Well, and Brandon Clark was you in you, at least this is what he was sold as was this was a more of a defensive player, and he became a great offensive player this last year. Uh, but yeah, that's why uh, I think he's more of like a Dwight Howard, but you know, that's a lot less valuable in this type of game in the game that we have today uh cuz he's so offensively limited. Yeah, uh, and the 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 difference between him and Dwight Howard is I and Dwight Howard, you know, to his credit has has done better at switching onto guards, but I I think Onyeka his foot speed and his his real like uh lateral athleticism makes him a slightly better perimeter defender than Dwight Howard. Um, and he's he's not quite the jumper that Dwight is. I mean, no one really is. <laughs> yeah, he seems like a fine pick. I would never want to see the Wolves take him. Chalanga, oh, I, I should say what tickles my fancy about him. It's probably his... Probably defensive versatility, but I didn't really get to see much of that. Chalanga, at number eight, who do you got? Yeah, I'm going to do eight and nine together because it's two um, lead guards um, that kind of have some question marks. Uh, At eight, I have Kyra Lewis Jr. out of Alabama. And at nine, I have Killian Hayes out of France. Um, So Kyra is a a pretty traditional point guard. He's incredibly fast. He's I think he's like advertised as the fastest player in this draft. Um, He's six, three with a six, six wingspan. He's one hundred sixty five pounds. So he is a little light. but he's got good measurables and his frame is pretty solid. So he's going to be able to, you know, put on some, put on some heft. Um, he's got a, a, a really, he's got really nice touch at the rim. He should be able to shoot the three. He shot in the mid thirties this season. Um, I'm just unsure about him as like a, a passer. So if he's like your, your lead offensive initiator, you know, I wonder if, he would be good enough to get teammates involved or if he'd be more like a Colin Sexton type. Um, I ha- I haven't really seen very much of him on defense. 
Um, and he's not like super athletic, like he's not yamming on folks. He, but he is, he does have a nice little layup package. Um, and Killian Hayes is this bigger guard and wing. He's six five with a six eight, eight wingspan, two hundred fifteen pounds. So he's got this really solid fl- frame. Um, but he's got a really limited sample size. So like. You can see him. He's got some good vision. He's got a pretty good first step. He plays with a little floater game. You know, his size is nice, but he's not really an athlete. And he plays only with his left hand. Like, I, I, I've never seen him finish at the rim with his right hand, which is concerning. Like, if he can only use his left hand, um, it, it's he's going to be really easy to defend. So I have him compared to, like, a he's, like, could be D'Lo, or he could be, like, rj barrett or campaign and those are that's what nate duncan said and i think they're just really good comparisons so (laughs) i i really do like killian hayes i think he's got a i mean i like him in terms of his switchability in the future should be a little bit better Mm -hmm. um because he's got a lot more size than kyra lewis but uh and and also on top of it i have to rep the lefties so with killian hayes Uh The thing that tickles my fancy the most is that he is he is quite a superb lefty. And Kyra Lewis, my comp for him and and what kind of just gets me excited is that to me he's a non-dunking Darren Fox. He's so fast, he yeah. gets to the rim, has great layup package and I love his layups. That's the thing that tickles my fancy the most about him. Yeah, I kind of compared him to a Goran Dragic, the way he's like a quick, shifty guard, you know. Goran's got a lot of speed, especially when he was younger. Um uh, yeah, that's good. We can move on to number 10. Uh, let's do 10 and 11 because they kind of oppose each other as well. At number 10, I have Obi Toppin out of uh, Dayton. And at 11, I have Sadiq Bey out of Villanova. So Obi Toppin is this like super athletic 6'9 for- forward with a 7'2 wingspan. He has amazing dunking ability. He just like throws down on people left and right. Um, and he's even got a-, a shooting ability. He shot in the mid-30s from three. Um However, he shot like 60-some percent from the free throw line, which is concerning. Uh, I don't think he'll ever be able to play defense at, you know, maybe a passable level, but defense is definitely not one of his his strengths. And he's one of those players who can really only pay, play one position. Uh, and he's like, he's really only a power forward, which I personally, I don't like players who you have to build a team around and can't like fit into a team concept in different ways. Um, whereas Sadiq Bay is a super uh, versatile player. So he has a pretty quality shot. He's a quality defender. He can go off the dribble a little bit to facilitate. You know, it's probably not, he won't, probably won't be doing that too much in the NBA, but he has that ability. Um, but he doesn't really have anything elite about him like he's mm-hmm. not yamming on folks he doesn't shoot the ball like above 40 percent. like he shoots like 37 percent, i believe this year which is solid um and he's not an elite perimeter defender but he can fit on a lot of teams and he's ready to play now so the thing that tickles my fans about obi toppin pretty obvious his dunks um I I don't have any, much more to say about Obi Toppin. He was fantastic in college, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's he's. I don't know if he's going to be a journeyman. I I think I disagree with you there. I think he'll have a place, but I just don't know if it's going to be. I I it could be like <clears throat> a ten year career, 
Um, and then he's kind of just shopped around a lot. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of what I mean. It's like, you know, Michael Beasley put together like an eight, nine year career, but you know, was a journeyman. He kind of went from place to place to place. Mm -hmm. Mike Scott is a similar way. He went from place to place to place. And like Jabari Parker's looking like he might be doing, you know, so like, it doesn't mean he's going to be a bad player. It just means that he's going to be the type of player that like, like a scoring forward has to be really, really good if they can't play defense. And with Sadiq Bey, the thing that tickles my fancy the most is that you have his comp as OG Ananobi, which is the ideal person that I want to put on the Timberwolves. So yeah. what one, are the chances that we get him? Yeah, one one asterisk on that OG Ananobi cop is that he does not have OG's athleticism. Like he can't <laughs> he can't get up like o, o, OG can, but the his offensive game is similar to OG's. Um I, in I just want another player that towns can kick out to and we can trust to actually put the ball in the air so i think there's a chance that sadiq is available at 17 uh it's a slim chance but you know this first round is going to be wild um Yay. cool All right. and then i got so, i got two more guards here at 12 Chalanka, i'm i'm hosting here oh sorry <laughs> so Chalanka, we have 12 and 13 <laughs> go <laughs> All right. These are two kind of question mark guards. These guards came into this year being really highly rated and have since um, fallen off that high rating. Uh, and at 12, I have Cole Anthony out of UNC. And at 13, RJ Hampton out of Australia. He was um, he played for the Breakers, New Zealand Breakers. He was in New Zealand, right? I don't know where the Breakers play. Why would I, I, think, why would I know about that? I think they're New Zealand. I'm not sure. Anyway. So Cole Anthony, I have him. Um, he kind of looks like post ACL Derrick Rose. So he's not like oh, no. doing the crazy Derrick Rose dunks, but he's he, got the hair. He's got the hair. He's got a strong handle. He's got that like herky jerky stop and go dribble move game. He's got a nice mid range. Um, he is a decent shooter and he can for sure get his own shot. Um, where he's going to struggle is he's turnover prone. His defense is pretty bad. He he only shot like 40% from two this year. And I think a lot of that was struggling to finish at the rim. Um, but I think he fell so far because his team was so bad. Like North Carolina was really, really bad this year. Mm -hmm. But they had a lot of injuries and they were like a really thin team to begin with. I think if you put him on an NBA team surrounded by actual talent, he could be a pretty good player. I have a ceiling. Like I think he could be an all-star if things break right with, for him. Um, and with RJ Hampton, he's like this incredible athlete. He's 6'5 with a 6'7 wingspan, 185 pounds. He's got a really sweet handle. He's fast. He can jump and throw down on people. Um, but he was kind of the lead guard with his team this year. I don't think that he's good enough at passing um, or really running an offense to to do that. So if he can like successfully switch, like shift to more of a, a wing player, um, and that will rely on his three point shot, I think he could have a pretty solid NBA career. Um, but if he is a type of player that needs to have the ball in his hands to to be successful, I don't think he's going to be good enough to to be that role. That's interesting you say that because my single thought was that RJ Hampton was going to be able to play without the ball in his hands. Uh, he looks like he can make a catch and shoot. Uh, there were a couple highlights of that in the highlight video. Yeah, his shot looks nice. Like he's got good form. They just didn't go in. So right. that's just like a wait and see thing, you know. But like in terms of being that 
in the offense that looks to be more like he was. Cole Anthony looks to me more like a Kobe White. Like it reminds me of the other his UNC teammate or not teammate, but uh, his UNC predecessor. Yeah, he is um, a lot like Kobe White. So that that was kind of interesting that that uh, that yeah those guys were the back to back kind of point guards for their teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, in terms of what the Timberwolves need, it would have to be R.J. Hampton, obviously. But uh, and I I don't I don't know if there's enough of a difference between these two for me to put Cole Anthony definitively ahead of him. Yeah, I think you know I think that I think Cole Anthony has the higher floor of the two because like I think he's going to be able to step into the NBA and get his own shot. Um, to me, I read RJ Hampton as there's like a chance that he won't be able to stay in the NBA, but like at worst, Cole Anthony is going to be the type of player that teams keep on at least taking like as your their third on. point guard and like, yeah. you know, like a Shabazz Napier type, how mm-hmm. teams are always going to sign Shabazz, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I definitely get that. He's probably more useful to insert NBA team. Mm-hmm. But if, if RJ was available at 17 for the Wolves, I would be in favor unless there's another player available who I talk about later. Right. Oh, really? Yes. Talk about later. So there's a player mm-hmm. that's lower that you'd want more for the Wolves. Yes, and I really think that he is gettable. So, Chalanga, would you say that this ranking is more based on then, like, what the what the average NBA team should want for, or, like, what, is it based on career? How did you kind of frame these rankings? Well, I think, so it's it's prospect right so it's like one how good could they be and how good they are and and a balance of that um so looking at what they can already do and how that will translate into the nba and looking at like what you think they might be able to do Mm -hmm. and so players that are like much higher risk tend to fall um unless the reward is super duper duper high you know what i mean yeah that the the one thing that I have to say about Cole Anthony is that like there are so many guys like him in this draft. I could see him dropping. I could. I one of these guys is going to drop. One of these point guards, and I don't know who it is, but we don't. The NBA needs that the least right now yeah. because that that's the position that's easily the deepest. Yeah, and I think whoever gets those one of these guys that drops is going to be happy <laughs> um, because I think they're I think they're both going to be at least solid. And it seems like a lot of them, it seems like a lot of the point guards are like, it could be any of them. It could be Killian Hayes. It could be, uh, it, it could be Cole Anthony. It could be RJ Ham. One of them's going to happen. Right. So, mm-hmm. um, whoever drops, I think, yeah, could be the more valuable pick, I guess. RJ Hampton. What tickles my fancy? Pretty much nothing tickles my fancy. <laughs> <laughs> with rj hampton is there something that should tickle my fancy is it he's a really good athlete he can throw down on folks yeah um, he's got a good layup package too he's he can throw down but does he have the size to be able to get there uh, i mean he's six five six seven wings 185 that's the that's the issue that i see yeah um, i think he'll be able to put on i mean he's 19 so there's room for growth for sure the thing that tickles me about Cole Anthony is it has to be his ability to get to the rim. He doesn't have as good of a, a layup package maybe as some of the guys that we've talked about before, mm-hmm. but Chilang, we are at number 14. Yeah, this guy's on his own. Uh, I have uh, Jalen Smith, Jalen Stick Smith. He's actually uh, one of the only prospects I actually got to see play live this year. I went to a, a Gopher Maryland game, and 
in that game, Jalen Smith actually got in foul trouble, but every minute that he played on the floor, it was like, it was clear that he was way better than everybody else. Um, he's 6'10", with a 7'2 wingspan, 225 pounds. Um, so he's a little thin, but he's got a, like a really solid frame, and he'll put on some weight. He can shoot the three. He's a solid rim protector, not elite, because he doesn't quite have the foot speed um, and the mobility to to you know be an elite defender in that way. Um, but he gets how to play defense. He's got defensive awareness, and he's a pretty good rebounder. Um, I've got him compared to kind of like a Miles Turner, Serge Ibaka, Dwayne Dedman. He's not as mobile as Serge Ibaka, but like his like shot blocking and three point shooting is kind of where I got that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he seems to be pretty awesome. Um, who was my comp for him? Do you have anything else to, to say on him? Uh, no, I don't have that much to say to him. I think he's pretty black or white. Like if his three point shot is falling, then he's going to be like a quality NBA player. And if it's not, then he won't be. Here's the thing that tickles my fancy then um, on Jalen Smith. It's those goggles. The goggles yeah, that I saw in his highlight reel. I think he should bring them back. It, his My comp for him is Horace Grant because yeah. of that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> uh, so uh, Jalen Smith, bring back the goggles. If you wear those goggles, maybe, maybe I would want the Timberwolves to draft you at 17. <laughs> <laughs> Just for the goggles. All right. So Chalenga, at number 15, who do you got? I got Patrick Williams out of Florida State. He is... Uh, one of the biggest question marks of the draft. I don't really know what position he's going to play. So he's six, eight with a seven foot wingspan. He's 225 pounds. Whoa, he's, got, he's a big boy. Yeah. He's got a really good NBA body. He's um, probably 240 in reality. He might be, um, <laughs> but uh, he uh, played three, four, five. I mean, he never really played five on Florida state because they have so many big, tall players. Um, but I think that in the NBA, he he will likely be a four or five. Um, he has good like shot blocking awareness. He can protect the rim at that level. He's super athletic and he can guard a lot of different positions, but he's really raw. I'm not sure if he can shoot. He came off the bench at Florida State and um, only played like 23 minutes a game. Um, he can't really create for himself, but he turned 19 on august 26th so he's super young and he's got like these physical gifts um and his shot doesn't really look broken it just he doesn't take very many of them so there's a chance that he could be pretty good i've got him comped kind of like marvin williams thaddeus young maurice harkless like these fours used to be threes now sometimes play the five can defend a little bit can score a little bit you know to me he has more athletic upside than all of those guys i don't know I marvin williams was an athlete marvin williams in. is the one yeah but like a mo harkless is kind of a journeyman you know like more of a journeyman that young for mm -hmm. sure is a journeyman mm -hmm. so to me patrick williams this is my comp for him i'm just making this up on the spot because i didn't actually prepare anything for him but uh what about a diet zion um like, I don't literally both literally on a diet and yeah. figuratively, like in terms of he doesn't have the talent that Zion has. Um, yeah, if Zion couldn't um handle the ball, um, yeah, which, he, which can Zion handle the ball? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think he can. 
Okay. Well, um, I don't think he's that good at handling the ball. <laughs> I just, I, I don't want to run my offense through Zion for sure. No, 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 no. But he's, he's a can, he could be a second handler. or third creator. I don't know if I want him to even be the second, but. Okay. Well, he's young. <laughs> he just has the, he has that talent to be able to get there, but I don't know. I think that's one of his, I, I think he's, he looks a little goofy to me when he has the ball in his hands. I'm with you there. Uh, Chalanga, do you wait? So was he all alone as well? Yeah, he's all alone. Um, I guess I can sort of pair him with the next guy. Um, all right. So who you got at sixteen? They're both raw in in a lot of ways. At sixteen, I have Jaden McDaniel's out of Washington. He is six nine with a seven foot wingspan, and he is two hundred pounds. So he is pretty thin. Um, compare him to Patrick Williams, who is one inch shorter and twenty five pounds heavier. Um. So Jaden McDaniels has been kind of flying up people's boards. Um, he he was projected like in the mid second round at the beginning of the year and has like slowly been making his case to to move up the board. Um, he's pretty raw. He he has shown some three point shooting ability, some like really big defensive upside, and even some playmaking upside. He's like got a pretty sloppy dribble, but he makes it work somehow. Um, so like if he can put like his physical gifts together, if he can really shoot the three and like have the awareness to be a good defender, he could be a really good NBA player. Um, but I'm not sure if his basketball IQ is high enough. Um, he, he's pretty turnover prone and he's got like, um, the way that he emotes on the court makes me think that he thinks he's better than he is. (laughs) <laughs> which I don't necessarily like. That is exactly why my comp for I know you I know you have some different comps, but my comp for him is Jimmy Butler. Uh but like he's not as good and he's not probably not going to be as good. Uh but he just he plays so angry. He plays so angry. Every time he makes something, it looks like he's trying to prove his dad wrong or something. Yeah, it's it's angry, but not in a good way. Like sometimes, like LeBron kind of plays angry, but in a really good way. Sometimes Jimmy plays angry in not a good way too, though, especially <laughs> at the beginning of his career. Yeah, I, I I guess I I get that like personality wise, but body wise, he looks a lot like Jonathan Isaac, um, with his like long thin frame and like the even the way like their jump shot looks super similar. Um, he looks like he can really throw his body around more than Sekou Dumboya. He has more strength, yeah. raw strength. Like well, I, Sekou I might be younger than Jaden McDaniels. That wouldn't be surprising. Yeah, yeah. Sekou. <laughs> no one knows how old Sekou is. He could be 13. Yeah, Jaden just turned 20, uh, September 29th. I believe Sekou came into the NBA at 18. So they're both young. Yeah. Uh, the things that tickle my fancy. What t- what tickles my fancy about these guys? I'll say I've, with Jaden McDaniels, I I will say that his his aggression does tickle my fancy, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure if that's going to be taken in the wrong way. Is that going to be like a? Is that going to turn him into a Michael Beasley, or is that going to turn him into a Jimmy Butler? Right? Um, yeah, you know, I, I it's to be seen, and and maybe I'm reading too much into the body language, but um, something about it rubbed me the wrong way. Um, no, and... it, it is aggressive for sure. Yeah. Uh, with Patrick Williams, I don't think I've seen enough, but he has like a good NBA body size, I should say. Um, so that's yeah, kind of, that's, <laughs> he looks like a big boy. So, uh, <laughs> big boy. 
So that is what tickles my fancy about him. So this is the Timberwolves pick. And if Chalenga had his way with every NBA team, let's just say Chalenga was picking for every NBA team. I guess this guy is the guy that whoa, will come up next. Whoa, whoa, whoa. A big board is not to say how the draft would go. <laughs> a big board is simply a ranking of prospects. Um, but at you 17, hate this guy. Everybody's I, been waiting. Everybody who's been listening to this podcast has been waiting 40 minutes to hear this guy's name. Yeah, they're like, wait, what about him? What about him? What about him? Um, most Who people have, have him in the top 10. Um, <laughs> like, I don't I haven't seen anyone have him outside of the top 10. And that's uh, Denny of Dia out of Israel. Um, what? I know. I don't like him. I don't like him one bit. Uh, he's a he's like a wing forward type. He's 19, 6'9", with a 6'9 wingspan, 220 pounds. So he's got an okay body. He's a little, he's not very long, but yeah, he's, he's got, very short you know, in terms of length. He's got like a, a solid 220 on him, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the good is that he can handle the ball, he can pass the ball, and he's actually he's pretty athletic. He uh, he can throw down on people. He can get to the rim. Um, the thing that I, I don't know about him is that I don't really buy his jump shot um he came back so like the, his season stopped and then he came back and played like 10 games over the summer and people were like oh my god he can shoot because he shot really well for 10 games <laughs> but before that everyone was like oh he can't shoot and that's a problem so i'm not gonna put my money on the 10 games i'm gonna put that's my money Shabazz muhammad streak <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm gonna put my money on the 40 games he played before that um Although, he's you know, a, he's so young that you can't put your money on anything, really. Yeah, yeah. And I look, I take I take full um, responsibility if I'm, like, accountability if I'm wrong. I could be way wrong on this, but my gut is telling me that it, he's not going to pan out. So he's he played with the ball in his hands a ton. And that's really where he thrives, kind of running the offense, doing pick and roll, you know, all that. But I don't. I don't think he's going to be good enough at that to do that in the NBA. And if he's not doing that, he's going to have to be a really good shooter or a really good defender. He's super limited physically and he hasn't shown that he can shoot consistently. And so I just like, I don't know what he is, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's my biggest issue is like, unless he turns out to be way better at like running the offense or way better at shooting than like, I don't think he really has a solid role in the NBA. Um, a lot of people this, are comparing him to Dario Saric, who <laughs> is the guy that like that perennially, good. he's perennially the guy that everyone's like, I want him to be more involved, but you don't want him to be more involved. You just yeah. don't. Yeah. I, here's how, here's how I feel about Denny of Dia. It's the horny bonk Luka Doncic. Yes. It's like everybody got too horny for Luca, mm-hmm. and we need to just like settle down, everybody. Luka Doncic isn't coming back into the NBA here. Uh, he is not a number one pick. He's not a number two or number three pick. Uh, he is nowhere near what Luka Doncic was. And so, horny bonk, everybody get out of here with this Denny of D you love. I loved him. As, I will say, I have to admit, because uh-huh. I did talk about him on the pod, and I was like, ooh, Denny of D, he's so interesting. So inter-. But I was just horny bonking Luka Doncic. I know. I was really it. high on him, too, at the beginning of the year. But the more I yeah. dove in and the more I really thought about it. Oh, and then, like, hearing him talk. So, I, I, I watched these Mike Schmitz, like, uh, uh, tape scouting reports. So, that he watches tape with the player um, and sort of breaks it down. It's, it's really cool. I recommend them. Um, and just like hearing him talk about his game, <laughs> maybe it's a language thing. 
but he seemed to just like really think that he was the shit. Oh no. And Which so like Luca Luca also has that a little bit, but he's so cute and hot and his mom's so hot that we all forgive it. Luca is the shit. He is the shit. That's true. <laughs> and if Denny feels like he's the shit and deserves to be like the lead creator and he can't do it, that's going to be just like another problem for his NBA career. So, you know, I think he's going to be more like Mario Hazonia than he is Luka Doncic. Like a Tony Kukoc. <laughs> Who can't shoot. Tony Kukoc can't could shoot. shoot. Yeah, oh. that's the thing. Well, but we'll see. Maybe a shot will come around. Uh, we will see. Yeah, I don't hate I don't hate Denny of Dia uh as much as you do, but I love that you hate him. Thank you so much for hating him, Chalinga. So since we got through the first 17 picks, which stands for the 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 first and the 17th pick, which the Timberwolves both have, we decided it'd be a good time to end. Chalinga, thank you so much for sharing with us the first part. Or do you want to keep going? Oh, go no, no, no. This, is all, this is all good. I'm, I'm happy to have shared what I've shared. <laughs> so thank you for listening to the first 17 players on Chalanga's big board. Maybe we'll put it up online somewhere. I think it's, this is pretty good. I it's, it's worth it. I think maybe to post, I don't know if on our website or where, wherever we would post it. Yeah, Chalanga, we'll put it up. You wrote an article this week. Yes, I did. Yo, you, you can, you can check out my article on zonecoverage.com. It's all about what I think the Timberwolves should not do with the number one pick, um, which includes, trading for a star trading for not a star or drafting number one uh read it and find out what i like i say what i like again that's zonecoverage.com <laughs> we really can't trade down can we uh and there's no like we are in such a between such a rock and a hard place with this draft it makes me so sad but i know uh, you know what we just got to be thankful that we're picking number one we've got to be thankful that we moved up you know can we'll we take, do take wins where we can get them can we do like a pretty like a, a, a in-depth Timberwolves draft pod next time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so we have Timberwolves draft pod and we have a uh and we, and we have an overall draft pod where we're going to actually do a mock draft, right? Yeah, yeah, we should do a mock draft. That sounds great. Um until then, read my article. Dylan, you want to do our outro? Yeah, so those two types of podcasts, something like that, Timberwolves or a general mock draft will be coming up in the future. Lots of other news is on the horizon. So Big please, shit. please be following for that. Um, we're very excited. And follow us on the socials. <laughs> I changed our handles. That's a <laughs> wink, wink, honk, honk, honk. That was a clown nose honk. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we are at C&D pod. On both Twitter and Instagram, finally, we have the same handle on Twitter and Instagram. Oh, that thank was bugging you, the shit out of me. <laughs> thank you so much. I and fucked can, that up. <laughs> you can email us. This this email wasn't available. CND pod wasn't available for on Gmail. So it's cndnba at gmail.com. Email us. Uh, we are moving on from the Coast to Coast name, most likely. So um, that is part of our update that will be yeah. coming soon. But please, please, please stay tuned. Follow Chalanga. Follow his articles, please. We're so proud of him that he's finally a mainstream media. And yes, <laughs> yes, do not trust him anymore. Of course, we, we never trusted you to begin with, but we're never trusting you from here on out. Uh, anything else? I'm the Black Bill Simmons. I'm hitting no. on those women's. Gross. Oh, gross. <laughs> You totally prepared that. That was so canned. That was no. Sad. I just I, was like I just 
I just no. came up with that right now. You can the shit out of that. You are such a Bill Simmons. All right, uh, whatever. F give you. Us, give us your can, your canned CNN takes next time. Uh, until next time, I'm Dylan. This is Chalenga. This is the Coast to Coast NBA podcast. For, for now. now. <laughs> Jinx.